What up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Behind the PFP, a podcast dedicated to exploring the stories and personalities of Web3. Today, we have Not Young, the co-founder to SFT Studios, which has launched their Genesis Pass Webox, which aims to redefine the experience of collecting digital and physical items for pop culture, anime, and manga fans worldwide. They'll be releasing Visions, their PFP collection in 2024. And did I mention that they're backed by Animoca Brands Japan. Full disclosure, I do hold one Weebox Pass, and I wish I had more. With all that said, let's jump right into it. Hey, how's it going? doing good man how are you i'm doing good i'm doing good just you know put the kids to sleep and ready for this recording how about you oh that's awesome man it's getting dark and actually it's already pitch black here in vancouver i was looking looking forward to our chat hey me too man i mean you've done a ton of these interviews and recordings through spaces and all that so you have the experience you're well versed in being able to speak on uh I mean, yourself and this project that you have going on. So how, you know what, let's start with this. How was Apefest and the Mocha-verse event that you guys had sponsored? Apefest was really good, except for the UV light situation. (laughs) Okay, wait, you didn't get affected by that, right? No, I did not stay long enough slash go into the room with the toilets to get affected by the lights. But overall, you know, it was great to see how 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 packed Hong Kong got from the from the event. The venue was fantastic. It was super super hype. Kind of felt like the bull market was coming back overall. <laughs> you know, I can only like cross my fingers and and hope and wish for that to 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 return. But the vibes were good. Yeah. Saw a lot of friends. Saw a lot, put a lot of faces to the PFPs and. Overall, I think, yeah, it was fantastic for Hong Kong and it's fantastic for the, the Web3 space. Yeah, the, the Asia community definitely deserves it because they're really prevalent in the NFT community and the crypto space as a whole is what I've, I've found. You know, there's, there's quite a lot going on over there. Obviously, you mentioned, you know, the, the UV lights, but what about the, the event that you guys had sponsored, Mochaverse itself? Was that on a, was that on a boat? It kind of looked like it was on a boat when I when I was looking at pictures. Yeah, so it was a cruise that left the harbor. Oh, it actually I would say left, it, was, yeah. it was pretty packed. It was pretty packed. Really good vibes. Drinks were great. Food was great. We were giving out merch, and that you know that stuff went like hotcakes. It was gone by the time <laughs> we left left the harbor. Yeah, uh, but overall, it was it was beautiful. We left just after the sunset. Wow, it was really awe-inspiring to meet holders it's kind of i was a little awkward i won't lie because I, I just couldn't like really comprehend it <laughs> that this person was you know part of the community and and you know participating with us so uh, overall it was great my favorite part probably just meeting holders and and, and realizing like how far we've come so far that's amazing it's always different when you have an actual real life event and I've talked about it many times before. It's that that IRL connection, you know, to be able to see people putting faces to PFPs. It just feels different and it just really connects people together and connects the physical and the digital world through 
an event. And I think it's special. And I think the community aspect of Web3 is special in that way because you know, I talked to a lot of my Web2 friends and uh, I explained to them this situation of me going to all of these events too. And they also can't can comprehend it. And they think it's just like really cool that the community aspect of Web3 is uh, a legit thing. And it's one of the factors that kind of differentiates us from Web2. And you know what? You... I, you specifically, I, I feel like you have gone to so many because I've I've looked at your Twitter and I feel like you've done a lot of meetups. It, like, is that something that, that you feel like you've done? I feel like in general, I go to a lot of events for, for Crypto and Web3. I usually get sent out either by the team or or by our executive team to kind of go check things out, do some networking. There was IVS this year. There was NFT NYC this year. Um, what was what IVS? Was IVS was a is like a like a startup slash tech uh, mm-hmm. tech convention that was going on in Kyoto. Oh, okay, cool. In Kyoto, a lot of Web three stuff, uh, a lot of Web three stuff there during during that event. Wow. But what else was there? I mean, even if the market is contracting right now, I feel like events were all planned like a year or two before, right? Yeah. So it's nice to go out to there. And there's usually some like discounted stuff anyway from the entire scene <laughs> because of the bear. I feel like they have to try to fill out, you know, sell out all the tickets and stuff, especially if they already booked the venue in advance. Yeah, that makes sense. But I mean, overall, this was definitely an eventful year for me. Saw a lot of people, did a lot of networking. It's nice to see like the fruits of labor kind of come together. Yeah. Is, is, has this like been out of the norm for you, for, you know, what you do outside of like Web3? I, I guess you're fully obviously immersed in Web3 now, but was this like a normal thing for you to go to all these events and start up SFT Studios, your own company? Is this all if new it wasn't to you? Like, well, if it wasn't like a business convention, I mean, the only other ones that I'd go to is like an anime convention or like E3 or anything in like those realms. Maybe Worlds for League or uh, or Champions for Valorant or something like that. It's probably uh-huh. more in my, my domain, I'm not going to like a startup con uh in in kyoto that was a little out of the ordinary for me (laughs) but you you you're not you're not shy and going around and meeting people so so that's great obviously you you mentioned you know going to anime con and all that it it seems like you're you're very into into anime i i feel like there's no perfect person to be leading the ship of sft studios uh um well you know, I've grow, I've grown up with anime, uh, like all my life, gaming as well. So it was kind of an easy transition into focusing on the IP and 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 focusing on on an industry that I've always been watching and following for so long. Uh, I mean, and that's that's perfect because the industry as a whole, for both, I mean, even just gaming and and anime, just continues to grow and grow. And I was I was actually looking up some numbers of kind of you know how how much is the anime industry even worth, and I found that I think it's like in in twenty nineteen or twenty twenty they they found that it's it was worth like twenty four billion dollars, which is huge. And I think one of the factors that kind of stood out to me the most was that sixty percent of that they 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 say that sixty percent of it is going to grow outside 
a lot of that, like 60% of that money is coming from outside of Japan, which is huge. It just kind of speaks to how global it's becoming and how, how globally accepted it is versus, you know, when, when we were younger kids. Yeah. So like, this is like some of the, you know, like we're very early in seeing the market for anime be larger internationally than domestically. And I, I, as soon as I noticed that, I definitely felt it where, you know, if you just look at attendance for things like for AX in Los Angeles, as well as some of these smaller conventions just across North America, also looking at like France being like one of the largest manga consuming countries. Really? You know, I, I can go on and on, right? But it was like very clear that calling anime a subculture is becoming a little bit harder and harder. Same thing with gaming, right? Like oh, I yeah. remember when being a gamer or a game like a guy who is a little bit fanatical for video games you know you're a nerd you're you're a little weird <laughs> you're probably int- introverted whatever your parents didn't want you to play oh yeah oh yeah no, my, to my parents right they, they didn't know like what the industry would turn into they didn't see like the professionality in it and it was the same thing for anime too actually right they they looked at it as like just cartoons kind of like wasting time and then yeah. you know i'd just see them watching like a k-drama <laughs> But to me, it was never different, but it was very nice to like see that industry grow and be part of the subculture from when it was something a little bit more niche into something that's a little bit more widely adopted. Yeah, I love seeing it. I love seeing it grow. Do, do your parents, do they, do they know what you do and like, what do they think of what you're doing right now? <laughs> no, they don't. I don't, I don't, I don't try oh, to no. explain it. I don't try to explain <laughs> it to them. They know I usually work at different startups for a handful of years. Okay. They've seen me grow like small scale to like mid scale startups. So I just tell them like, I'm, I'm still doing that. I'm still working with small ambitious teams, trying to do something impactful, seeing where it goes. And as long as I can, you know, pay next month for rent, I'm, you know, they're chilling. <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of curious, like, do you think you'll ever maybe even bring them to any of your events or anything like that? Do you think that that'll ever come up? <laughs> I'd be terrified of terrified. <laughs> bringing them to like an anime convention. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I'll probably send them some of our physical production. Oh, that'd be nice. Toys in the future. Um, probably send them some of our manga volumes or when we get to that point, anything that's like tangible and physical mm-hmm. is a lot easier to, for them to digest, I'd say. Yeah. And to start the conversation with something that they understand uh, rather than trying to blow them away with telling them this is like the future. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's easy to, it's easy to get carried away in that sense. Yeah. And I've, I've done it multiple times, but when it comes to your parents, it's kind of like, I'll tell them like the, you know, it's, it's so much easier to just show them something physical for them to see than to try to explain internet money <laughs> and crypto. It's a, it's a whole nother world for us. Now I do want to, to get into crypto and obviously you're doing a lot in this space right now. So we're going to talk about SFT studios and Webox, and we're going to, but before we do that, we're going to, we're going to do a little bit of little bit of bean blitz have you listened to any of my episodes i have but i definitely skipped over yeah. that's okay blitz. that's okay so basically if you don't know what it is it's just a lightning round 
session where we just I'll just ask you a bunch of questions. You can you can answer them if you want to. You want to tell it. We don't have to go fast through it. You know, if you want to explain your answer, that's absolutely fine as well. All right, you ready? Gotcha. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> this okay. This first one is a heavy hitter. All right. I when I thought about this, I was like, ooh, this is gonna be tough for him. All right. Destroy every isekai in his in existence, or watch only isekai anime for the rest of your life. Oh, I'd watch Isekai for the rest of my life. Oh, man. shit. That was quick. That's an easy one. Really? That's yeah, an easy it's one? It's like a guilty pleasure. It's like a guilty pleasure. That... <laughs> you, you should not be able to get enough of it. It's one of those things, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Too much of it, I think, is not great. But I'd rather have it than not have it. Hey, you know what? As long as they keep on coming with new iterations of it. Yeah, and... they, got a, they got a soda machine now. So... They got a, yeah, they got a fat pig. Yeah. Yep. They got one as a sword. Like There's <laughs> tons. Their imagination is just wild to me. I, 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 I don't even know where you start to think of that, but I love it. I love it. Have, have the ability to teleport, but only to places you've never been or fly at a snail's pace. Oh. <laughs> teleport to places you've never been. I'll save okay. a flight ticket. I'll fa- oh, yeah, I can save a flight ticket with that. I mean, like... Wouldn't that also encompass like just someone's random bathroom? Right? I take it. Yeah, I take yeah, it. yeah. I can go to I can go to every room in your house. So hey, I got like yeah. seven tries. <laughs> I mean, you could end up uh, in a random bathroom in Paris. You know, I mean, yeah. you never know. <laughs> <laughs> have you, have your life narrated by an anime announcer, or have chibi versions of yourself follow you around? Oh, uh, I'll take the narration. The narration. Yeah. Okay. That'd be nice. Yeah, maybe I mean, a main character for once. Oh, get that main character energy just like walking through the sheets. That's actually that's actually pretty. I mean, hey, you know, I like my slice of life anime, so I, I wouldn't that's mind true. that. That's true. Well. I'll take that too. <laughs> okay. Only play Valorant blindfolded or with reverse controls? Oh, reverse controls. I used to play inverted. No, you I didn't. didn't. Know. You're one of those. Yeah, what people. I didn't know. Yeah, well, it took me like a good year to get off of it. Wow. Yeah, I can imagine because like that's. Okay, uh, I, I I had a friend who played inverse, and every time we like switch controllers, you know, you have to go through the menu, you have to change things. I can't believe you're one of those people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought it. Was, I thought it made. I don't know. I think I, when I was younger, I thought it made. I thought it made more sense because of like the the flying yoke, all that stuff. Yes. Okay. Yeah. If you if you did play fine, yeah, that that would make sense. That would make sense. <laughs> okay. So this is the last one. If you could relate San Fran Tokyo to any anime world, what would it be? Oh, you know, what? I don't think I don't I don't think one exists. No. And the okay. reason for that is there's no anime IP that was created to house other other IP. If that makes sense. Yeah. Right, that's every true. anime that's made and story and series that's written is a standalone kind of okay, either this makes it or it doesn't. Yeah, for us, it's I wouldn't say it's any different than that, but I'd want it to be like one of the first kind of ready player ones from Asia, where you know the approach to multiple IPs in a in a story starts to kind of break down some of the barriers, and uh, we we get that excitement 
that we all had watching Ready Player One for the first time and seeing like 20 or 30 of our favorite video game characters all on screen at the same time. Oh, beautiful. It's a it's a beautiful amalgamation of just uh, all the characters that you you love and you're like you're pointing them out. You're like, "Oh my god, it's Master Chief or anyone." Like that'd be that'd be so cool to have that in anime. And now that you've you know, now that you said that, like you're right. Like I didn't I can't recall any anime that has ever done that and it's kind of baffling that they've never done that because some of these studios you know house the same animation so i will say there are tons of cameos okay tons of like parody slash comical additions of a character where they'll like purposely like reference someone very popular but they'll never like name drop or they'll you know they'll purposely like try to be careful that's true yeah but you know, what does a more official take on that kind of look like? What does a more supported mm-hmm. take kind of look like? And would fans enjoy it? That's kind of the direction that we want to take the the story. That's super cool. I, I think that's going to look just so cool in the fact that like you see even just like the MCU and, you know, seeing them come together for Avengers, even just that, like when Spider-Man comes in, the airplane fight like that is just like one of those moments where you're, you're like oh it's about to get down so with anime i mean you can you can do so many different things you can you know the only limit to it is your imagination so i can't wait to see that i want i really want you guys to accomplish that because i really want to see it Appreciate well it, yeah that's that's it that's bean blitz for you enjoyed it that was great i think i went a little slow though <laughs> no that's okay i i like i you know what i'm i'm kind of debating whether i should make it fast or slow but you, you tell me how did you like it the way it was it still felt fast i'm not gonna lie <laughs> but i love the questions that i could tell that you, you there was a lot of preparation here so hey i, I actually I, I sat down and thought thought pretty hard about these no i loved it i loved it thank you <laughs> Yes. Okay. No, thank you. Thank you. Okay. So now let's get into it. We're going to talk about Web3. I really like to talk about this because I love to nerd out about, you know, the blockchain. And I want to bring it back to why more or more so right now, how you got into Web3. And I really like asking this question because I wonder if it's almost the same for most people. You know, they they kind of wanted to make money, or there's like or there's canonical events that exist across like everybody's life. I feel, yeah. And there's definitely a few points during the cycles of Web three where there's kind of like waves of people bringing mm. or waves of people coming in, waves of people coming out. So I fully get that. I'm guessing you want to know like my what was like the very first touch point. Yeah, yeah. How, like, what exactly kind of brought you into Web three? Yeah, so I was not. It was not anything fantastic, I'd say. But uh, there's a old MapleStory private server called Extalia. And this is like 2012, maybe 2013. Um, uh, And the TLDR is you could donate money to this, to these server hosts, basically. Yeah. uh, And then give you points that you can use in game and you can get some uh, exclusive stuff. The problem was the entire game uh, is illegal to be hosting your own like private server, mm. making modifications to the source source files, etc. But you know, people did it anyway. 
And the only way you could get these like donor points was obviously through something, uh, some sort of payment service that's anonymous, and that was Bitcoin. So uh, I remember being like 12 or 13, <laughs> running to Toronto's first Bitcoin ATM, which was in downtown in Spadina. Really? And, and I had no idea what it was. I remember staying there for maybe 30 minutes, 40 minutes, figuring things out. <laughs> but that was like my first time ever buying crypto. Yeah, yeah. But there's obviously, you know, Silk Road. Everyone, everyone fucks around on there for a little bit sometimes. Got over that. But I basically took a deep dive into into the space around around then when I started learning more about DeFi from like the guild that I was in. When I started learning more about like what are people using Bitcoin for on the internet in the first place, like that was a really good time to like understand where is this industry kind of even as a kid i'm like okay so this is like very a very illegal and very shady that was my that was my take that was just, as, a, as a 13 year old yeah i mean it wasn't hard to tell that like oh getting something for something that's already like not legal like yeah i kind of felt like i was doing something bad actually maybe it's because i you know i took my mom's like debit card without asking <laughs> But a combination yeah. of all of that, like a combination you know, of it, yeah, it wasn't in a good spot, I guess. Yeah, but fast forward from like 2013 to maybe 2017, 2016, 2017. When I was in high school, I was studying like software engineering and computer science as like an accelerated program. Oh wow! And yeah. we and one of the stuff that we do, like we'd have like a coding contest. There was a this thing called CCC. There's also like the two like major buzzwords in tech at the time, which was blockchain and ML. <laughs> I took a more fundamental kind of appreciation for crypto because I had seen like what it was used for and then seeing like, okay, yeah. there's, you know, some legitimization of it. This is still around? <laughs> right. Like that was, yeah. it was very surprising. And then seeing it turn into like, oh, this is like the next like buzzword. This is what everyone's talking about. Uh, so I felt like I had um, my roots already laid. Mm-hmm. So I started att- uh, attending different like crypto hackathons, and I was very fortunate uh-huh. to go to Ethereum Waterloo. Uh, I saw the unveiling of CryptoKitties. That was also where I met oh. one of our senior advisors, Benny, who we're working with on six five five one ERC six five five one, as well as our, our CTO wow. Fabiano. So it was like uh, it was very serendipitous, I would say. You know, in high school, seeing it all go down. And my impression was like pretty simple, which was like, oh, like another, you know, consumer, potentially consumer facing application of blockchain could be for digital assets. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm a big gamer. I was, you know, still an anime fan then. I was still a gamer then. It just made sense to me, especially with the amount of money I've I've had and let go on Steam. Skins, yeah. Yeah. So it just made sense. It was fantastic to see my Ethereum bag mooned. You know, it was great. <laughs> It was a great time in high school, you know, I reminisce. But that was when it kind of solidified, like, oh, I want to do something in this space. Yeah. And ever since then, you know, I just kept kept an eye on, you know, how's the the portfolio doing, paying close attention to, I was mainly into DeFi for for a while. Makes sense. But to me, NFTs are a little bit slower, but slow is good, I would say, for just a regular consumer. And now doing stuff with Fidgetals, Again, I think it's like a fantastic potential use case. So I'm hoping that we get to lead the charge here. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, there's a lot to talk in terms of Fidgetal and what you guys are doing, which I'm I'm super excited about. 
but wow, what a story. This is this is so insane to me. I like being 13 years old and coming across Bitcoin through a Maple Story server is not a story that I have heard before. So I'm this glad. is super cool. <laughs> I'm glad it's unique. Yeah, no, I mean, I've I've into, interviewed a lot of people and that has never come up. So <laughs> you're the first. And I don't know if I'll find anyone else who's done that. But that is uh, that is so cool just to to be able to kind of come full circle, uh, you know, have having fun in like games and whatnot and uh, eventually learning, you know, a little bit of so- uh, software engineering and going to the the hackathon in Waterloo and meeting people there too, like. You 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 made some connections at such a young age. I love Don't that. Don't get me wrong. I you know did not have any impression that these guys would still be here, <laughs> still yeah, building, okay. still still doing stuff. But if you've ever been to hackathons, it's 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 a very fun and and fulfilling environment to to be in and to to enjoy. What are they so like? Kind of I've never been. Of, so you can imagine like. It is technically a contest, so they'll usually have prizes. There's like a generic kind of broad scope, project scope, and you have like two, three days to come up with the product, come up with the come up with the, the vision days. and build it. Yeah. Design it and build it. Wow. That's so like cool. a product crash course. If I didn't attend any of those in high school, I don't think I would have found my area of enjoyment or excellence, I guess. Yeah. I enjoy product, right? So I like engineering but i don't like being the one coding it oh you don't i like to work with designers i like to think of you know marketing product market fit and i realized that it was at those events where i got to kind of get the reps in uh, as early on as possible so highly suggest uh, going to one uh, if you if you haven't you know go with some friends yeah yeah okay Okay, I definitely want to check that out because I, I feel like that would be really cool just to kind of kind of see and, and experience firsthand being in the room where, you know, people are really building, which is, again, super cool. So uh, if I would have to say if you could survive a hackathon with that person, then you'd probably like working with that person. And if uh, you if you don't think they if you don't think you can handle someone for three days overnight, like no, no sleep. No, probably don't want to work with them. So it was like a great experience of figuring out like what what are the good traits, what are the good attributes for someone who works well in a team. Seems like you took away a lot from those hackathons, and I imagine, I guess you 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 really understand the technology behind you know Web three and NFTs, crypto, and all that. And I've I've actually seen you say several tweets about account abstraction and ERC sixty five fifty one. I kind I want to pick your brain on which are you like most excited about, and it doesn't have to be either of those two, but it could be even just another blockchain like Solana or or Linkchain or anything like that. Is there something that kind of catches your eye? So I wouldn't compare those two token standards. Simply because like they're inherently different. But what excites me is anything that's going to take the burden off of product teams when it comes to like mass market adoption, like web two friendliness. You know, there's a reason why like safe exists. There's a reason why like wallet connect, web, uh, all these things exist. I would love to see 
just like a very web2 friendly chain that doesn't immediately start to just take away any of the value props that we have from like something like a layer one a great example of this i think is like flow blockchain and this is coming off of the crypto kitties right so they learned a lot which was like Ethereum scalability is shit. Yes. In my opinion, it's still kind of shit. <laughs> but everyone's there, right? The money is there, the market is there, the volume is there. Like you don't go, you don't move to a country that has, you know, you don't move to like a random tiny village to go start a business, right? You go to New York, you go to Toronto, you go to these big cities, right? You go to yes. where the people are. And that's really one of the primary things that people are doing when they go to Ethereum, right? But as soon as you're there, you start to realize all like the actual limitations and challenges. So mm -hmm. immediately from choosing a network, you've already had to make like a like a pro and con trade. Uh, how many times can your your runway afford to pay for the gas fees of a thousand users, ten thousand users, a hundred thousand users? At what point does that start to eat uh, eat into your margins, where it's just not scalable as a business anymore? Let alone, you know, as a network. So there's like tons of pain points that you know, as a product guy, I've experienced. And there's been you know many attempts to make solutions, and many of those solutions release in the form of a protocol. And this is what I'm using to kind of segue for like six five five one. The concept of six five five one at a very high level is nothing new, right? It's it's a nested and it's an NFT yeah. technically inside of an NFT. It's something nested. This has existed like I think even in like 2017, 2018. But it was just very, there was no use case for it. So it was designed, that protocol or that token standard was designed without the right use cases in mind. So it runs into a lot of issues, things that aren't really worth us using. And then on the other hand, there's protocols. And in my eyes, I'm like, no, never touch a protocol unless we're getting like a multi-million dollar check. Because like you're just putting your, your balls into the hands of someone else. So whenever there's anything cool happening, actually, like directly on main, directly on Ethereum, or that's like L L two compatible, that's where like my excitement yeah. comes in now because there's you know this whole idea of like cross chain compatibility, which was like I think that was like one of the major things that was like larped upon on CT from like 2022 to 2023, maybe 2021 to 2022, and in my eyes, it was not as big of a deal, just like a matter of time kind of thing. Okay. And yeah. now, we're, now we're getting there where like 6551, I can now have an NFT on Ethereum that owns an NFT on Polygon and mm. that owns an NFT and, and vice versa, essentially. Wow. So now I can still mint something like a blue chip collectible on Ethereum. So, so maybe like our figurines. But then let's say like I want to still do like Web2 friendly gamified features like a freebie or, you know, login rewards or daily login rewards or trade like an in-game currency that doesn't have like fiscal value for another NFT. You want that, on, do L2 that on scale on Ethereum, you can't do it, but you can do that yeah. on L2. Yeah. Right. So as soon as we release this token standard, it still works because now we have, you know, like a crypto wallet that's registered as kind of like your, your account off on the platform. Right. But then your NFT can also serve as a wallet, right? So that means that wallet, that NFT, sorry, that NFT which exists on Ethereum can still own an NFT on Polygon, right? So like it's breaking down the challenges that we're facing. Inevitably, I would love to see us move to a like a like a really scalable chain with as much Web two friendliness as possible. But even now, it's kind of two opposite spectrums you either like fully fully decentralized yeah and it's beautiful so 
in harmony or you have something like flow which is still centralized it's kind of pseudo decentralized which gave them even more problems and now they're doing something to basically be able to run uh, like ethereum smart contracts on flow oh. and there's a ton of development there so basically everything's consolidating back to like l1s and being compa- and compatibility is coming in yeah over time now wow that was that was a great lesson insightful i actually had not known that erc 6551s allowed you to have that cross-chain compatibility have we yeah, seen so that's, that so that's cut no so the okay. only reason why that's possible is because of account abstraction being a thing oh interesting right because your nft that's that's 721 it doesn't necessarily like you're giving that nft its own smart contract wallet right smart contract wallets are the account abstraction piece right so you're taking oh, okay. like the typical you know our version of metamask away and you're putting a wallet on chain that is held through a smart but that's basically in like a smart contract yes you're interacting with that smart contract now and that's a lot easier to do than to be interacting with something that's at the wallet off that's at the wallet authentication level so it opens up the doors a lot whether it's like subsidizing gas whether it's having a better user experience in general i would say but those are the main things that you know we're excited for we're having fun with and to be honest you know still learning as we go as well absolutely I think this space is mostly that learning as we go. Wow, cool. So it sounds like you you guys are kind of experimenting in that sense as well and seeing what would work for SFT and Webox. Is that would you say that's true? Yeah, so there's no I mean like I think a lot of people have compared us to things like VV cryptoys things like that, but I think that the closest thing that is comparable maybe on VV is like the comics, which are like backed by a mm-hmm. physical asset. But that physical asset is not like individually tokenized where the, you know, the key signature is actually embedded into the comic, right? Right. So I still think like we're doing something very new and I rather look at it and I'd like to describe it as what does like a Web3 Amiibo look like if it was higher quality, if it wasn't being sold in like Walmart, but rather like you know, more premium kind of collectible shops. And what if that Amiibo-esque experience, that digital layer is really what we focus on and where we try to provide the most amount of value both to fans as well as like Web3 participants. Interesting. Okay, cool. That's a perfect segue to talk specifically about SFT Studios. Before we really dive into it then, what is... SFT, how would you explain it to our listeners who are crypto native? How would you tell them what SFT is? Gotcha. So SFT is a concept that we came up with and it sounds cheesy and corny, right? But we've been calling it like a decentralized city or like, you know, our version of a decentralized community. And what we're bringing to that that city is a lot of different content both licensed from Web 2 and Web 3, as well as our own kind of grassroots. I don't want to call it indie because we have like pretty professional creators working on the IP, but having an IP that can be owned decentrally as well. There's a couple entities to like keep in the back of your mind. Number one is SFT Studios. So this is obviously the team that's behind the projects that we're working on. And I think it's really clear to you know note that 
uh, our studio is working on multiple things. There's never just one one product and plus one roadmap. There's a lot of plates that we're spinning, and this is being done in collaboration with with Animoca, Animoca Japan, you know, major manga publishers in, in in Japan as well as different creative studios. So with that said, our studio is focused on you know very shortly like anything around anime, manga, pop culture fandom. We decided to start off with a project called Weebox, and this is probably the one that you guys have are more likely to have heard of. And with Weebox, to put it very simply, again, imagine a Web3 enabled amiibo experience with officially licensed anime IP and manga IP in the form of anime figurines. And we're playing on the digital slash the merchandising market. And then finally, there's San Fran Tokyo. So this is kind of what SFT is abbreviating. And this is the IP, the in-house IP that we're building. I previously have described it as like a ready player one for anime. I think it's going to be a really, really hot series. We can't wait to push it out. And we're releasing the IP into Web3 first with a generated profile picture project collection. And that's up and coming. It should be sometime in Q1 next year. Coming soon then. Okay. Yeah, I I, I fully believe in the the kind of product that you guys and that that vision of what you have. I find it very exciting to even imagine having not just not just web three you know products and not just web three ips but web two ips living and coexisting in in the same decentralized city you know i think that's like the coolest part of that is just melding together and creating this melting pot for anime and that, and and it's pretty cool because then you kind of bring in, you know, Web 2 users and Web 3 and they're kind of like mixing together. And <clears throat> I, I would love to see see that play out. Obviously, again, these are early days, but it's it's really cool how you have that backing as well by Animoca uh, Brands Japan. Because obviously, if you want to if you want to do that, you're going to need the connections to be able to get in touch with a lot of these Japanese animation brands. And we've seen a couple of, of those collaborations come out. I think recently you guys just came out with an animation studio being a sort of advisor for you guys. Two things. Number one was Young Magazine. So this is a publication from Kodansha. And Kodansha is the publisher responsible for series like Akira, Initial D, Attack on Titan, etc., and Young Magazine in particular was both Akira, Initial D, Ghost in the Shell, and a couple more. Interesting. The more recent announcement was regarding an anime series that aired this summer, and it was called Liar Liar. I would say it's another like high school. It's like a high school like battle theme kind of series. Like it's a trope that's been played out. It's pretty. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It has like a six point five on my anime list, which I would say is actually not terrible. Yes, my anime list. People Fear, there are super, 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 super on it. If, if it's not good, it's not good. But yeah, highly suggest checking out that series. We're going to be releasing some figurines from them as well next year. You know what? Uh, there was one thing in that tweet that kind of stood out for me. Uh, they called it e-figurines. Is that a new term or? So that's a term that like we we created. Okay. Because if you think about it 
for Web2 consumers, we're going to have to explain the NFT portion without saying NFT. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, <laughs> like, what is our approach for that actually going to going to be? So there's obviously the, the physical figurine, which has the PBT chip embedded in it. And it's not like we're going to call that a, it's a figurine with a PBT chip. We're just going to call it a figurine, right? Yeah. But there's still the digital counterpart, right? Where like the entire ecosystem is really about, you know, all of our physicals are the same. But if you scan, you can access the digital version of it and everyone's digital version can be unique. And yeah. maybe your digital version is more Ooh, rare than mine. So cool. And the question so then cool. kind of turns into like, does the physical also now become worth more because it, the digital that's paired to it is more rare? So that's it's a brand new kind of like consumer experience and mindset that we have to build in and making sure we don't use the terminology like NFTs, probably not even use the terminology Web3, you know, Again, the, the term e-figurine, things like that. You're going to see a lot more of that in general from us. And, you know, I'm not saying that we're trying to be like trendsetters or anything, but that's definitely kind of the intention. You know, like let's move away from the word NFT as much as we can before we start, you know, spending thousands of dollars on paid ads to target, you know, a Web2 anime fan to buy a figurine. <laughs> buy this NFT or yeah. buy this figurine. It's got NFTs in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it you won't can already well. imagine. You know what? I'm actually curious, like, have you guys been able to see the reaction from, you know, fans of Liar Liar? Like, have you seen that reaction of, oh, wow, this is so cool, figurines, like... So they actually already have, like, a Web2 figurine line. Um, okay. So the way it works is anytime a series gets and goes into, like, anime production, uh, nine times out of ten, there's, like, a committee that's formed. So it's mm-hmm. kind of already, like, a decentral, decentralized IP. Because you have multiple different stakeholders and parties responsible for different elements of it. Mm. Some of them might be responsible for marketing. Some of them might be responsible for like the dubbed version. I don't know. <laughs> but usually there's somebody there that's responsible for like the physical merchandising. And we're joining those committees basically. And we're trying to create like a new channel saying like, oh, like digital merchandising should also be incorporated and included here on the committee because it can provide you guys like ABC etc etc and it's in the best business interest for us to pursue these things and so animoka japan basically joined the liar liar committee and we came with came in with that proposal to do digital merchandising as like a separate vertical and then tying the physical component into it i'm pretty sure the liar liar figurine pre-orders have done pretty well okay so there yeah. have been fans but we since we haven't opened our sales yet or anything like that we haven't done any like paid media so yeah. it was just a pr so far but I would say our community is pretty like diehard anime fans. A lot, a few of them were pretty happy. Oh, dude, it's so cool. I mean, just the PBT uh, aspect of it <clears throat> from someone who's crypto native, right? Like, uh, obviously, I'm wearing my my Azuki Ambush hoodie, and just uh, the excitement of of scanning the PBT. And I, I'm actually kind of curious on uh, what's that that specific aspect of it going to look like for you guys, but just scanning and seeing what kind of if i got like the earth hoodie or the fire hoodie as a digital collectible was so it was such a surreal way of looking at a piece of merchandise like a sweater like i've never had that before i've never had a sweater where i'm like whoa i'm gonna have a digital version of this and it open it it, it really unlocks a different feeling and it unlocks a different way of consuming 
a product. So I think you guys are going in the right direction. And now when it comes to like the actual UI UX of it, that's where I'm really curious. Like what does that kind of look like for you guys? So this is a great question. It's definitely going to have to be a little bit more complicated on the product side because Mm -hmm. our goal is to be able to sell figurines in like typical fashion. So whether that's like a retail location and just getting the physical off the shelf, whether that is buying it off of Crunchyroll even, right? So if a person who's never touched an NFT in their entire life goes and buys our figurine, they get it, they get it home. I want that unboxing experience to be magnificent. I want them to realize and, and have the impression that, oh, this is something premium. And then when they go to scan the actual figurine with their phone, we don't want to do like a QR code or a code input at all. We just okay. want people to take their mobile device, tap it on the figurine, mm-hmm. immediately be able to create an account on Webox. So it should not be something like a MetaMask where they have to then go spend 15 minutes writing down a private key. It has exactly. to be seamless, right? Yeah. And then getting them to just jump straight in. Oh, That's really cool. the goal. And I would say we're still quite a ways away from having that experience ready for people to experience. But it's it's but something that's been planned and workshopped and prototyped for quite some time now. Getting it right is actually probably the most important part of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Because if we get that part right, it's something that we can then go and take to, you know, the hundreds of toy manufacturers and, and companies and say, like, this is how you do a, like a premium label version exactly. of, your, of your toy by tokenizing it. Yeah, that first this first use case is is critical moving forward and and being able to convince a slew of other people and other IPs that, hey, there's, yeah, there's something here. Yeah, exactly. I, I find that you said, you know, saying like, we don't want it to be a QR code, <clears throat> which is, I think, a really good way of doing it. I'm, I actually have my, my Pudgy Penguins right. certificate here where it's a QR code. And I got to experience, you know, going, getting my digital collectible that way and versus, you know, scanning my 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 pbt chip and i gotta say i do like the pbt chip way but obviously when it came to the experience of getting it all to like work and line up and going to the ozuki site connecting wallet and all that stuff it was it was a task i took you three times as long (laughs) yeah 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 it did it did so the way that i look at it is you know, I agree with you. The QR code is actually a more more seamless and easy experience. But what we're trying to do here is create a so figurines are already a very premium collectible in the in the anime fan space, right? You're, we're talking like yes, there's cheap ones for fifty bucks, but there's also some that go for like in the thousands. I met and did a user interview with someone who's like a Web three artist, and they had I think three attack on no, sorry three near automata figurines, and each of them was a thousand USD. <laughs> And they waited like, I think, tw- over 12 months for that to ship and arrive. So like the class is, uh, it's very hard to compare that to something like well, that's being, you know, like I understand Pudgy's demographic, right? It's, a, it's, a, it's for the kids, right? right? So yeah, it would never exactly. be priced. There's no point of it pricing it that high. It has to be easier for them. So I get it. Absolutely. But on our side, like we're trying to target those types of collectors, right? The ones who just spent like $1,000 on something. Right. The question is, like, can we make sure that they feel even more attachment to something that they've already spent that much money on? Right. Like it has to feel premium. And a big portion of that feeling of premium is, you know, there's maybe a thousand 
just only a thousand of these figurines in the world. Exactly. But my digital one is like one of one because I've added A, B, and C NFTs to it. That's why it's premium. And if it was just a QR code, you, you don't have that one-to-one impression or understanding, right? Unless they're unless it's absolutely like paired together, I don't think that experience works. No. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It's it's such a different feeling if you if you haven't had that experience yet. Like I, I hope that you guys can really find that experience and even maybe it could be with this liar liar figurine. It's it's a really fun experience, especially being crypto native. I would love to hear what someone who isn't crypto native feels about that aspect. I would love to hear their experience in it. And did it enhance that experience, especially the ones who get like a really rare NFT from it? Like that would be, that'd be a very interesting to hear from. So I'm going to be keeping up with that. And I hope you guys get to hear some of those stories. Now, I, I, I want to kind of transition into more of the story going on in in SFT. I, I'm I'm a big nerd when it comes to lore and story. Awesome. And so, because like I I just think that like you you can't build a brand without a story. So it's very important to nail down yeah. this this lore this story because without it, it doesn't tie someone emotionally to your brand. So every, 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 it doesn't matter, you know, what product it is like a, a brand has a story. So when it comes to SFT, I, I was looking at the, the Weebox store, you know, I was, I was looking at, I was clicking on a uh, star Lordy uh, DT and I was just, you know, trying to get more info. Yeah, exactly. What's going on? What the hell, what the hell is the spark? Okay, what what the hell is the spark? What's going on in, in San Fran, Tokyo? For sure. Can, can you explain that? For sure. So there is a, a couple things on the lore side. So I don't want to go too deep because I want you guys to get to experience this in like the best form, which is going to be through our Yomikiri, which is like our manga, our, our manga one shot. Ooh, okay. We're hoping to get like, we're, I think we're targeting like 40 to 60 pages. It's going to be a lot of like, wow, world, uh, a really big focus on just world building and scene setting. So I think it's like a good starting place. So I don't mm. want to butcher it. I'll just talk about it at a very high level. And I think you're going to be the first person to Ooh. hear about this in all honesty. So this is a city, we call it the city of convergence. And it's really going to continuously be playing on the aspect of like a, a physical world and a digital world. Obviously, that's what we're doing with Webox. We want to do things like apparel as well as like purely digital goods and purely physical goods and then marrying those two together. And we wanted this narrative and the lore to also kind of be a reflection of that. So when our characters or characters in the city, they can receive something called a spark and the manga will go a little bit more in depth into it. But you can imagine that it's like a vision, which is why the PFP is called visions visions Ooh, I and see. everyone's okay. vision is you know slightly different there's a few things that remain the same a few people or a few characters that are the same across everyone's but the general kind of motivation is different per character so it's almost like an individualized story right <sighs> with that said the best way to describe it i would say is imagine something like tower of god the webtoon. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Combined with something like Sword Art Online, which is like, you know, a digital world okay. experience. Yeah. Plus, again, Ready Player One, right? Kind of comes back. I would say it's a, a really good amalgamation of those three. So there is some sort of kind of augments like mixed reality slash like digital world that's only accessible by those who have received this vision or this spark and from there being able to access like almost a parallel world and being able to explore earn play adventure oh i see go through that experience so we get to have this main city setting but also have the opportunity to do something that might be like in medieval times, it might be a little bit exactly. isekai. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's as far as I'll go. I'm going to let the experts and the pros do the rest of the fleshing out for me. Wow, that is so cool. Oh my God, I love that. Like just being able to think about Tower of God and, and combining it with Sword Art online and and ready player one i can see it i can i can honestly see and feel this world coming together and i love that it's like this individualized aspect that everyone has their own vision and spark and being able to <laughs> to get easy guide is 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 super cool and i i'm kind of curious to see how how being able to connect this with like the 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 physical physical aspects of your your Webox store and I was also looking on Discord and he, seeing your updates on you know Webox isn't the only store there's going to be another store so there's just this this world that I feel like I can get immersed in yeah it's almost hard to describe like the scale at which like we'd love to see this take off and, right. Yeah. But when you go to any like major city, you know, there's like multiple WalMarts, there's multiple Costco's, and one of the things that like we're gonna make sure to do is make you know making sure that there's enough to do here, that there's enough to experience here, and making sure that we address the different types of fans and community members we're gonna have. There's, you know, I know we we know what the Web three guys want, but sometimes what they want doesn't lead to sustainability. However, yeah. at the same time. It's not like any Web3 project can, can succeed without the Web3 guys. Very so yeah. making sure that there's things to do, things to address kind of both sides of the marketplace, both sides of the coin, and then bringing them all together into the same room because they just love this IP. Exactly. You know what? I just realized we almost like described a metaverse like world without yes, saying metaverse yes. so i'm hell? very very appreciative that you did not say the word metaverse because we, oh. we hate that word here man but <laughs> is it not really what a metaverse kind of is right it's like, yeah what is no. a digital world that you can kind of traverse go into and out of look and feel like and right now i think the closest is, is probably apple with the apple headset but yes yeah it's so boring right like it's a corporate thing it's like a productivity thing i'm like fuck that's boring Right, like yeah. me and my girlfriend, like talk, like wishing that Sword Art Online would become a real thing, so we could spend like, you know, seventy-hour gaming <laughs> sessions. In that. You know what? I feel like that's yeah. that's gonna come in our lifetime. Is it just me? I feel like I feel like we will see that. Yeah, I really hope so. I'm like 23 now, turning 24. Let me. <laughs> the ship better be out by the time I'm 40. <laughs> oh, yo, wait, but like I'm 32. 
Uh, it better be out before then. Yo, don't like, worry, man. You I'm can you can too. you can play as like a like a sixteen year old girl in the in the, <laughs> in the games. You're chilling. I mean, my PFP is a fucking girl, so <laughs> I, it's it, I guess it's only right. Dude, that is so cool. Do you you know what I was gonna ask? Like, you know, are you worried about starting like another PFP? But man, like this this world is something I want to to see and traverse in as obviously you're going to have other other web3 brands and web2 brands but it's it's going to be really cool cuz i feel like you might have a different experience as as one of your visions pfp versus you know coming into the world in your beans or in your in your juni uh, i got i got to shout out juni cuz friends with <laughs> uh, friends with doc so and i i did notice in in the store that I seen it so but I, I feel like it will be a different experience having your visions PFP are you worried about that like you know like oh another PFP I think project. it's a great question I yeah. think it's a great question but I don't think worried or nervous is the best way to describe it I'm more like kind of hungry so there's like the sofa PFP project that came out recently yes it was like hella under the radar I remember looking at it and be like yes yeah, this, this, this looks pretty banging Got on a call. I'm like, yeah, this is, this is not a bad team. We did like a whitelist collab and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I went to bed. And then I woke up and I see that it has like over 1,500 ETH in volume. And I'm like, what happened? I was happy for them. I was a little sad. I missed out. Should have bought a bigger bag. Right, right. And I just got annoyed. I'm like, what? I'm like, yo, we got to get ours out. I can't wait. I can't wait to do things a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Ner- yeah, nervous is not the right word. Obviously, with any mint or nft generation event or you know it's always a chance for their failure mm-hmm. but i'd rather get get you know if that's going to happen then i'd rather get it over earlier and start building upon it but i'm pretty confident in our team i'm pretty confident in the creative vision that we've set all that's left is just a matter of time and having a community that's patient enough to you know wait for it to come yeah, how do you, you know what, how do you feel about your community? Do you feel like it's at a place where you're, you're happy with it? Do you want it to be to be better? Do you want to give them more like a di- like a different experience? Are they, have they been okay with waiting and, and all that? Like, wh- what do you think of your community so far? Ah, uh, <laughs> isn't it always like a love-hate relationship? No. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, 100%. I, I love it, them. It, it's I always that. a love-hate relationship, and you're crazy if if it isn't. Honestly, yeah. I mean, I think it's I think it's hilarious because like some of the guys have been with us since the very start, and yeah, I recognize them, and they've become such a regular. All they do is they log in, they they post the copy pasta that pings me, and then they're gone for the day. And then there's other guys who I know are brand new and trying to think that figure things out, and I see some people helping each other out, answering questions. Mm-hmm. And other times it's just a shit show, but I love it. <laughs> I love every aspect about it. I'm just very happy that I'm just very happy that we have like genuine anime fans who care about what we're doing, who understand and are already used to the craziness that exists with licensed IP as well as you know physical manufacturing. And they've been you know they've been very supportive as well as patient. So yeah, I can't say can't say anything bad about them. Good. Yeah, it's I mean, it it they are the people who are you know. Of course, you're you're VC backed, but like it's the they're the people who decide, sort of like, hey, is this worth waiting for? And if they really hear out your vision and what you're trying to build, I mean, 
I don't know, man. Hear, hearing what this world could be like, I, I I think the thing that kind of differentiates you guys is just that you're not so closed off. You know, you're not like this is our our IP, you know, our our, our world. Stay away. I love that you guys are open and you want you want to have this collaboration and you want to see it work and you can you can see this this kind of far out look of what it could look like and I I, I think that that really sets you apart in terms of just wanting to build like a really big world and really big playground that everyone can sort of play in and what better way in my opinion because i'm a fucking weeb to see it in in a manga and you know i'm sure eventually anime and and all that so keep it up like this (laughs) sounds so cool to me but i don't know if i'm like just that much of a weeb but like fuck we need to see sorry swearing so much (laughs) we need to see this world come together so I'm, i'm i'm really cheering you guys on and you you know, you have a lot on your plate and I, I, I want to know about that. You know, like how do you, how do you sort of control so many different aspects? Cause obviously you, and another thing that you guys did differently was, you know, you came out with like a product first, you know, you didn't come out with your, your PFP first. You said, Hey, like we're actually like building products here. Like take a look at our, like our our physical collectibles that will be coming out you know like we have production and we have collaborations with others you know it's coming and you you showcase that first yeah and so i think that was great that you guys did that but i'm really curious as to how do you how do you handle all these different avenues that you want to take yeah so i think there was like a couple parts there so i mean number one i would say our team is like we don't like the i feel like a lot of web3 founders you know act like we're still in like a middle school playground and they're not letting anyone else on the swing mm-hmm. it's like we're, we're we're old enough where we can just go buy our own swing like it's not that you know what i mean <laughs> we're in an open like you know <laughs> system too and like right now is not the time to be competing you know we're all facing the same problems and challenges all of us need to be able to succeed for us to really go from something that that is of obscurity into something that's so massively adopted that nobody bats an eye at it. And one of the ways, one of the paths we see that is like we, we have to work together. Yeah. I think one of the great things about the Web3 quote unquote like anime space is everyone's friendly and everyone wants to see each other succeed for the most part, I would say. So it's been a pleasure. That part has been like honestly really seamless and really easy. Another way that we kind of, another thing that we're kind of doing to like further cement that is like we're trying to, we're in the early process right now of starting to build up like a creative collective around the city as well. People who are going to be working with us closely on, you know, the development of the IP and brand. We want to do that decentrally. Uh, Obviously, like we're going to be trying to provide like the triple S tier source material, right? But uh, (laughs) there's so much good content that comes in a third party fashion. And we want to make sure that we amplify like the people that we trust and respect to do that with us. So that's just another example of like wanting to work together that we want to see a lot more of. Okay. In a decentralized way. Yeah, in a decentralized way. Yeah. What was the second part of that? I was just wondering like, how do you even control all aspects of like, you know, Webox, your other store that that's coming out too? You know, how do you, 
how do you take control of all of that like and and not get overwhelmed i think there's no like single great answer to it but <laughs> yeah i guess really like you need to have a good team you need to have a good team that you can rely yeah. on i i absolutely adore our team i think we have some of the best some of the best developers that i've ever worked with in the space we obviously have fantastic like executive leadership again with daisuke being like a very highly known and respected figure in the japanese corporate space but having a cto that was like so integral into like the boom of the nft industry in my opinion there's just like a whole lot of trust and reliability that you can have where we can just kind of look each other in the eyes and we know what needs to be done and it'll, and, and we can trust each other that it'll, it'll that it'll get done and really really fortunate to have people like dt uh, on the team at an operational level who we can trust and and, and and who can drive so many different aspects of the business with us together yeah you're not alone you're not alone in this in, in this I'm, I'm a very small cog i would say in the in the full piece right i really do have to give credit to the team and 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 give them as much credit and respect as i can yeah young like that was a beautiful way to kind of show us how how your 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 whole project is coming together and your your vision for it because that was the main thing i really wanted to understand is like okay what is the vision for sft studios and man I, i'm telling you i have a i have a clearer picture now than i did before talking to you on the podcast i truly enjoyed our conversation and look like yeah, I'm a fucking weeb, okay? Like, I <laughs> I enjoy anime. I deeply understand that the stories that the Japanese have created have deeply touched me. And I can name so many animes that really spoke to me. Haikyuu, you know, I, I like... Oh, my God. I played volleyball in high school because of that shit, man. <laughs> I love that. I love that, man. I, I learned guitar because of K-On!, Yes. Yeah. Like, didn't I you can, start yeah. golfing too? I literally started golfing because of of yeah. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I've gone into because I was introduced to to it in a medium that I I enjoy so much. And and that's how powerful anime is. And I, I hope people can partake. And obviously, it's it's not for everyone, but it's growing. People are just gonna see it around more often. I feel. So yeah, and I'm and I'm hoping to see you guys around more and i'm hoping to see you know visions and sft just being out there and respected more in this this industry that we have because i don't know I, after hearing all that i'm excited <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate it man excitement the excitement's contagious again we have a lot we have a lot to do and a lot to prove yep so Absolutely. you know our heads will be down and you know i hope to check back in with you maybe sometime next year Oof. see where we are I'm looking forward to it, and I really respect uh, the the amount of work that you you have to put in, and the amount of work that you're putting in now. Uh, just hearing, you know how you how you talk about product, I can really tell that it's something that you're very passionate about. So keep it up, deliver and execute. That's the most important part in in any project is that e execution, and I'm sure you know that. So looking forward to the rest of the rest of the year and. You know next year for you guys i appreciate it so much thanks so much ren for the time i had a fantastic it was a fantastic fantastic <laughs> fantastic interview and thank I you i can't wait for the next one i hope you have a great rest of your your day enjoy the weekend yeah and i look forward to hearing from you thank you for listening to this week's episode of behind the pfp 
If you're not already following, please go ahead and follow the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Not Young. He's a very intelligent and knowledgeable individual when it comes to product market fit, design, and crypto and the space. After this recording, I certainly will not fade SFT Studios, and I'm excited to watch them execute on their vision. We're almost at the end of the year, and you can expect to see an episode every single week in December. I know, I'm crazy. Next year, will look a little bit different though. I hope to reach out to other notable members and founders of other communities, but more on that before the end of the year. And with that, I'll catch you on the flip side.